every bad thing that ever happened to me, I, it turned out to be a good thing as time passed on. And you start to acknowledge of, hey, this is not just all me, right? Somebody else is, is up there helping me. Great experiences build great leaders. Great leaders build great teams. This is Building Great Sales Teams. All right, guys, welcome back to the Building Great Sales Teams podcast. I've got a local one for you today. Got a local gangster here from San Antonio. His name is Randall Rutledge. He's the host of the Move the Needle podcast and the owner of Rutledge Consulting LLC, as well as Rutledge Insurance Group LLC. And Randall is an award-winning health insurance agent, and he's built some pretty big sales teams in the space as well. He's an expert in leadership, building sales teams, culture, and personal branding. Randall, welcome to the show, brother. Thank you. Thank you. I sure appreciate the introduction. Absolutely, man. There's a lot on there, so we got to get into it all for sure. But what I want to ask you first is you're fairly new to San Antonio. You just moved here from College Station. Is that right? That's correct. Awesome. And so what do you think about San Antonio versus College Station so far? You got like ag in College Station and you got like a strong Mexican culture here in San Antonio. You know what I'm saying? What's the transition like for you? Yeah, um, I mean, first and foremost, absolutely love it. Yeah, I'm, I'm from a small town, about 1,500 people originally. So mm. I grew up driving 45 minutes just to get to the grocery store. <laughs> and when I moved to College Station, that was a big city. It was 100,000 people there and mm. uh, lived there for a few years, had an insurance office, essentially built that up. And with a small population, you can only do so much, you know, in a small town to college town. So eventually we decided, okay, we've got a good business. We just need a better market you know we need a better mm-hmm. territory um san antonio stuck out stood out to me it's seventh largest city in america it's a big city but ultimately it's kind of like a uh, a big city of small towns and like small small yeah. town vibes and people small businesses and so i said hey you know what i'm just gonna throw a dart it doesn't snow there like you know what i mean i, yeah. I like the warm weather so man we got so lucky and so blessed uh san antonio has been you know, more than we expected, even better for us. And mm-hmm. we're, we're up on that Northwest corner. We actually live in Bernie yeah. and then office out of Chavano park. So it's like, you got the hill country, you got the big city, um, right here by La Quintera, the rim, there's all types of retail. So, um, I don't have anything bad to say about it. And I, I thought college station was like, uh, God's country. So <laughs> I, I've been impressed. No, I can imagine being up in Bernie. It's beautiful up there, man. Uh, but the land is not cheap, right? So it's a different kind of country. It's like a high-end country, I would say, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so you enjoy the traffic on the on your way to the office every morning? <laughs> I do not. Um, yeah, it's probably the only part. I, I did. I actually toured 52 different offices before I signed the lease on the one I have now. Okay. And did a lot of work of figuring out where I wanted to live how can I get to my office convenient? So I've got about a 15 minute com- commute. I cut through the rim every day. So I never hit the loop, uh, Oh wow! So I actually cannot complain about the traffic a whole lot, um, because I don't have to deal with it so much. And then when you work till, you know, seven, eight o'clock at night, uh, you don't have to deal That's with, easy. you know, 5 PM traffic. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Brother. So 
One of the things I, I, I noticed uh, about your social media is pretty consistently you're sharing your faith, right? And so I was kind of curious about this because I've been doing that more and more as well. And uh, how does your, your faith factor into your business as well as, uh, you know, your core values and then, of course, you know, your social media? Of course. Yeah, I mean, it's it, I used to try to stay away from that topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because I feel like that's mainly what I was told, like stay away from politics and religion. And, yeah. and I've, I've crossed the path from religion to faith and it is a little bit different and mm-hmm. it's really hard for me to share my personal success or my story and not share my faith because they're so intertwined. And I know just from personal experiences, there's somebody out there that's looking out for me and trying to help me in my life. I've just seen it too many times where every bad thing that ever happened to me, it turned out to be a good thing as time passed on. And you start to acknowledge of, hey, this is not just all me, right? Somebody else is is up there helping me. Um, so I definitely share my faith on, on social media. It, it is, you know, it's my secret superpower, if you will. Yeah. I mean, when you have the belief that somebody's out there trying to do good for me, right, mm-hmm. and means well for me and has a plan for me. Mm-hmm. And when you have the mindset of nothing happens to me, it happens for me, right? Mm-hmm. Changes everything because even when adversity hits, I'm able to say, hey, what are you trying to teach me, God? I know you're not trying to hurt me. I know yeah. you're trying to help me and you're trying to teach me. Mm-hmm. And that mindset serves me very well. If you're going to be in sales and entrepreneurship, you know, adversity is going to come. That's just part of the deal. Yeah. With my beliefs, I'm able to say it's going to be okay. This is all going to work out. It always has. It always will. God's batting a thousand. He hits a home run every time. Why would I be scared? He's going to mi- miss the next pitch. Mm-hmm. Going to be scared of. So having that faith gives you that that confidence where I can step out into anything and just ultimately believe I'm going to win and I'm going to do good. And there's nothing for me to be afraid of. That comes from my that comes from my faith. I couldn't agree more. And it's 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 one of those things when you're in it it's hard to have that mindset, right? Especially if you're new to entrepreneur or being an entrepreneur or new to, to building, you know, a seven figure sales team. Um, it is, you get down in the dumps a little bit, but then when you, when you have that faith and you're able to say, Hey, this is just God kind of, uh, kind of, uh, you know, the same way you, you, you break down your muscles when you're in the gym, you know, He's got to put you through that. So then when you come out the other side, you can handle the success. You can handle the uh, expansion plans, whatever they may be, and be able to stretch to what he needs you to stretch to, to, to basically further that success, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I, I love it, brother. So let's kind of go back and, and talk about, you know, you being from that small town, you know, I would imagine most of the kids in that small town wake up and it's like farming, it's ag, it's being a cowboy, it's ranching, you know what I'm saying? It's maybe uh, growing your own food, whatever the case is. It's not insurance, right? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so yeah. how did you get into insurance and, and, and kind of tell us your journey there to where you are now? Yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head where I'm from, like people don't do insurance, right? Mm-hmm. You you have two options. You either go work at the, the coal mine or, or the power plant mm-hmm. or you get into construction, right? There, there's really nothing else out there where I live. And so um, I fell into the construction side of things. So, mm-hmm. you know, didn't didn't start out doing any type of business, entrepreneurship, 
I'm naturally a very shy, introverted person, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. And I was just floating through life doing construction. I actually did pretty well. I mean, I was making six figures and worked my way up to company truck, company credit card. I was a, I was a smart guy, so I was able to kind of move up in that industry. I see my um, dream. Yeah, I got there <laughs> and realized this sucks. <laughs> uh, I'm still middle class. I'm yeah. still not rich. Uh, I'm still stressed about my bills. I, I'm I'm not doing any better. I have a little bigger house, a little nicer car. I'm not doing better mm-hmm. than anybody else. I'm working a job I hate. I don't get any fulfillment from what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And I started just to look out and go, all right, if I do this for the next 20 years, A, where am I going to be? And B, am I going to be happy? And I, I, I said, no, I'm, I'm not going to be where I want to be. And I'm not going to be happy. Right. And the dollar goes down every day. The cost of living goes up every day. If my income, I've got a good job right now, mm-hmm. but if my income flatlines for the next 20 years, I'm going to get to the end of my career and be making less money than the day I started my career. Yeah. And that just doesn't sound like the American dream. So mm-hmm. I started doing some research. I started trying to figure out what, what's a different career path for me. Um, how can you make a lot of money and have freedom? And everything that I researched, sales kept coming up. And yeah. I, I hated that because I'm shy <laughs> I'm and introverted. Salesman. I'm not a salesman. Yeah. And, you know, I had that picture of like an old used car salesman. of You're yeah. talking people into stuff they don't need. I had a very negative depiction of sales. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I started to realize, one, sales skills are learned. They're, you don't you know, pop out of your mother's womb with sales skills. So it's a learnable right. skill that I can learn. And modern sales is not about talking someone into something. It's about really solving their problems. It's about mm-hmm. honesty and transparency, authenticity. It's about just being a real person. And so I said, I can do that. I can, I can communicate. I can be authentic. I can, I can tell the truth, right? I can do yeah. that. And I started to change my mind of what sales was and essentially said, if I want to have a high income and freedom and flexibility without a college degree, sales is the path sales is the way that i see i can make something of myself and i um health insurance specifically it just i actually bought an insurance policy and i just kind of liked the whole process the guy was really good he saved me money he got me better coverage Mm -hmm. and i'd sent him about five referrals and he called me and he said hey you ever thought about being in sales and i'm like no (laughs) you know i'm not a salesman yeah. And he's like, obviously you are. You you send me a lot of referrals, right? And I said, Well, I believe in your people product. Trust you. So I'm telling people about it and they trust me. Yeah. And he won me over and he said, Randall, if he's like, he straight up told me, he said, I've made five thousand dollars in commissions off the people you sent me. And I said, You made what? <laughs> off what I sent you? And uh I said, Okay. And he convinced me, he said, You can do sales. Look, you're already doing it. Mm-hmm. Right? You're already doing it. You're just not getting paid for it. Right. And my mindset started to change and I, I jumped, jumped in. I, I quit my job. I, you know, gave my truck back, gave my company credit card back, said, here's your salary. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go bet it all on myself. I'm jumping into sales. I went and got my insurance license. I went and found a mentor, um, which is really, really important. I didn't have to reinvent the wheel. I didn't have to invent yeah. something. I just went and found someone that was already successful in mm-hmm. the industry I wanted to be in. And I just, I plagiarized them. I copied them uh, with their permission. Yeah. I can. And that's, that's how I created my success. No, I love it. I, lo- I love every bit of it. Uh, one of the, or my, my title on my Facebook page is chief problem solver, you know, 
I feel like that's all sales really is, is is solving the problem and having integrity along the way. So even if you're not the solution, you know, you still help them solve the problem. They're going to come back to you for other things or they're going to refer other people to you that you can solve their problem, right? And so I think that's incredibly important what you said there. And then, yeah, kind of the eye-opening journey of, hey, I'm already doing sales. It turns out that, you know, I have that like, no like and trust factor with all these people that I was able to refer to this insurance agent. And mm-hmm. so I'm already doing it, you know, just by being somebody that everybody knows, likes and trusts, right? So let's fast forward a little bit. Um, I forgot how many people you told me in our connection call, but um, you had built out a team in college, a pretty substantial team in College Station. Let's talk a little bit about that and what it took to build out a team like that. And why do you feel like you ended up being the guy that did it versus, you know, all the other agents that probably went through that office or that organization? Yeah. Um, You know, great question, Doug. And, you know, I've, I've had a great career in leadership, right? I've been able to help people convert people and take them from nothing to, to being successful. And I tried to identify a million times, like how, because if I'm being honest with you, a lot of it happened very naturally, right? I didn't have a lot of training, a lot of structure. I just, I just did it naturally. And when I think about why I've been able to build such great sales teams, it really comes down to one word and it's love. And as corny as it sounds, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we've already talked about my faith, but to me, Jesus was the ultimate leader, right? Mm -hmm. He, he was in a time when people walked around in, in flip-flops. There, there wasn't yeah. a, it wasn't state Facebook or internet. And he was such a dynamic leader that to this day, people scream his name and people follow him, mm-hmm. right? Thousands of years later with no technology. It's amazing. And so I tr- always tried to pull my leadership from, from that type of, those type of people, those dynamic leaders. But mm-hmm. I just have a, have something inside of me that says, you have to love people, you have to help people, and you have mm-hmm. to give give to them. And if you don't, you're being selfish, right? Like God blessed you with an amazing life, amazing career, amazing income, health, mm-hmm. everything that you could want in life is given it to you. If you don't turn around and try to help someone else get that joy and happiness, it's like slapping God in the face and it's disrespectful. So I have this burning desire inside of me that I've got to give back or like, it's almost like I'm scared. I'm going to lose like what I got. Like, I don't, yeah, I don't want no. lightning to come down and, and, and strike me or take, take away my blessings. I want to be able to bless others. And that approach, like, you know, systems, processes, scripts, like there's so mm-hmm. many technology CRMs. There's so many parts of sales. Right. Right. But to me, like the number one thing is love. It's loving people. It's pouring into them. It's getting them to, believe in themselves even when they don't believe in themselves and just encouragement people really need encouragement they need positivity they don't get it anywhere else so my leadership style has just been love 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 pour into these people Mm -hmm. uh, just build up their confidence and build up their self-esteem and then let let everything else kind of work its way you know happen naturally and and that makes a ton of sense and that is a magnetic thing Right. I mean, that's honestly how we were built to receive it and to give it. Right. And so I guess what, what space do you use to do that? 
I mean, is it just in the one-on-one -on -one conversations every day? Do you like intentionally schedule time with your people? I mean, how do you, how do you make that connection where you can actually have a genuine conversation versus like talking to a room of your, your team or, you know, over the phone or something like that? How do you, do you schedule that? Yeah, a little bit of both, you know, mm -hmm. I think it comes down to, for one, being the example, being somebody that people can look up to. Mm -hmm. If you don't, if you don't have something that they want, they're not going to follow you, right? If, if they don't put you on a pedestal and go, man, I think Randall's awesome. Like I want to be like Randall in some ways, not every way, but some way right. I can't inspire them and I can't lead them. Right. It is those one-on-ones. It's those interactions. Um, you know, I schedule personal conferences with every, every person in my sales team periodically, depending on what level you're at. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the higher levels, I meet with them more frequently. The low levels, I meet with them less frequently as, right. as the team has grown and scaled. Um, but personal conferences and then a lot of like outside stuff, you know, just having fun. Like, you know, a couple, couple months ago, we took the whole team to Chicken and Pickle, right? And ran yeah. out a bunch of pickleball courts and bought them a bunch of food and said, hey, y'all drink whatever y'all want. Bring your spouses, bring your kids. It's funny. I've, uh, taken, I've taken my team there before, too. <laughs> Yeah, it's, yeah. it's like a two miles from my office, so yeah. it's really convenient. But, you know, those little things, they really mean a lot to people. Mm -hmm. um, simple things like swag, you know, just buying them shirts. And then um, when they're new, like especially a new salesperson, they're not making a ton of money right at first, right. right? They're trying to figure it out. So paying for their lunches, like, I mean, I just, I got to the point where it's like, if you're around me, you're not paying for anything. Right. right. I remember, I remember being broke. I remember being yes. a broke salesperson yeah. and I worked my ass off. So I'm not, and I didn't do it because I want money. I don't, what do I need money for. Yeah. Right. You only, you only need money to do a little bit of things. And after that, it's like, yeah, what am I going to do with it? I'd rather give it away and it's going to bring more money to me back anyways, but buying them lunches, as silly as it sounds, taking them lunch, buying them lunches, um, that encouragement, but to answer your question, yes, I do schedule time, you know, individual mm -hmm. time with my people. No, I love that because I, I remember at the height of my headcount, you know, my meals and entertainment was like five to eight grand a month. It was just crazy. Yep. Like, but I was like visiting every offices, taking the managers and the, the team out to lunch and then the managers out to dinner. You know, we did Cowboys games and all kinds of stuff, you know. And uh, unfortunately, I was a young business owner, so I wasn't paying attention to it. I just swiped the card, you know. But uh, I had someone on the podcast, Ibrahim uh, Hussein, yesterday. He's the number one. Uh, he has a number one team, real estate team in Canada. They, they do like four hundred million a year, and he says he allocates seven percent of uh, top line, not not top line in terms of the real estate, but top line in terms of the commission revenue. He mm -hmm. allocates seven percent to to a culture line item and it's all yep. the things that you just went through right there so he's got an actual number tied to it which i think is incredibly smart because then you don't get out of hand with it you know what i'm saying you have to stay in that budget you know but, i'm uh, i'm definitely guilty of what you're talking <laughs> about because it's like you know you want to do everything you can for them you don't want to say mm -hmm. no and and then they get used to it you know what i mean yeah. they're like yeah. uh, are we getting this? Are we doing this? And it's yeah. like, whoa, but uh, it, it can get out of hand. But, you know, I, I have, a, like I said, I have my beliefs, right? Mm -hmm. And my, one of my beliefs is that I don't need to worry. I don't need to stress. The world yeah. works in mysterious ways. Mm -hmm. um, God says to trust in him with all your heart and not to lean on your own understanding, right? Sometimes it's not always going to make sense to me, but it's going to make sense to him. 
Right. And so I always view those, those purchases, those investments as because I'm giving my money away freely mm-hmm. and I have pure intentions and, and pure at heart that I actually want to help other people. I'm not doing it because look at me or, yeah. you know, blah, blah, blah. I know where my heart lies. Mm-hmm. I have confidence that when I spend that dollar, I'm going to get 10 in return, right? It's going to come back to me. So I love those investments. Um, you know, culture, culture's king, right? That, that's how you build a team. It's, it's culture. It's pouring into people. It's, it's loving them. Okay. I want to ask a, a tougher question here because we're getting into this conversation. We're going a little further. I had some other questions, but I like where this is going because, you know, I think it's a teachable, teachable moment for our listeners, right? Because a lot of them have sales teams. A lot of them are spending a bunch of money on taking them out to eat and do fun stuff and everything. And so um, I would say at the, again, at the height of my headcount, I had this just ridiculous meals and entertainment bill, right? Mm-hmm. And come the end of the year, you know, and I got my P and L at the end of the year, it was like 9% net, you know, on almost 5 million. Right. Which is still really good income. Right. Mm-hmm. And, but when I went to my partner and I showed him that he was like, what the hell? <laughs> he was a, he was a passive partner, you know? And yeah. so that's not a good net in general. If you don't know this already, you want to be around 15 to 20%. Right. And this is outside of your salary or whatever you pay yourself uh, as a consultant for your business. And so, um, you know, and I, and I could look back and I could see like, all right, we spent, you know, like 150, almost 200 on meals and entertainment, you know, and, and granted we were looping a lot of stuff in there. Right. Mm-hmm. So I guess, how do you, how do you kind of create that line where, all right, you know, this is, you know, this is me giving, this is me giving, but you know, all right, now I'm not being responsible anymore. At what point mm-hmm. do you kind of like check yourself a little bit? you have any systems for that? You know, I wouldn't say there's a, some type of exact science or process behind it. You know, yeah. I, I think the the general understanding of I've got to put my life vest on first, right? right. If my cup is not full, I can't pour into other people. So mm-hmm. I've got to, I've got to make sure my cup is full. My life vest is on first before I can even think about, you know, going and help another individual. So, yeah. you know, and that just, that really comes from, daily disciplines, doing, doing what I know I need to do. If I do what I need to do on a daily basis and I don't always do it, nobody always does what they're supposed to do. Right. Right. But if I can do it majority of the time, I know the recipe and it works out for me. So I'm Mm -hmm. able to keep my cup full. I'm able to make sure it's always overflowing to other people. Um, I feel like that's my, that's my life's mission. That's what I was put on this earth to do was to be Mm -hmm. a leader and to help other people. And so, Mm it's so tied into my why of like why I'm here and why I do what I do. And mm-hmm. I don't have an exact science. I just, I just don't try to overdo it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I try to be a, a smart, you know, smart business owner with my finances, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't say I have an exact, I don't do a percentage. Right. Um, nothing like that. I like what you're saying about, you know, taking care of yourself first though, because I did during that time, I wore that cross, which to me was, oh, well, I need to make sure everybody's paid before I get paid. And like, there would be times I would go two or three months without getting paid. Now, the two or three months before I had done really well. So I was able to, to, to do that, you know, mm-hmm. but that would be like with the tight circle of people, you know, my VP of sales, my, you know, my uh, partner, 
and then maybe my wife and a few other people I would tell, Oh yeah, I haven't paid in three months. This is the reality of being a business owner. And I would wear that cross mm-hmm. a little bit, you know? And it was, you know, looking back, it was pretty silly, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you can go take everybody to the Cowboys game, but you can't pay yourself your hundred K salary, which is just silly, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I completely agree with what you're saying. As long as you're doing what you need to do, putting on your life vest first, making sure that your finances are taken care of, then it makes everything from there is, is abundance, you know? Of course. So I love that. Okay. So what do you feel like, well, let me ask you this first. Um, what do you, oh yeah. What do you feel like is going to be kind of something that business owners need to adopt going into 2024, you know, pretty much if you haven't done it by the middle of this year, you're probably not gonna be, imp- be able to implement something real big, you know, whether it's a new technology, social media, whatever the case is, what do you feel like is coming that people really need to start jumping on the bandwagon before next year? Yeah. I mean, in our, in our group that we kind of run in, we, we forget that not everybody thinks the same way that, that we right. do. Right. And the things that really you need to be focused on are really simple things. And for some of us, we've heard it a thousand times for some of us, we never heard it, but the two things that come to mind, like just pop in my brain, when you ask me that question, mm-hmm. it's personal brand and it's artificial intelligence. It's AI, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, just the way that the world has already been moving for a long time, but it's just mm-hmm. continuing to go to more of a social environment. And I, it doesn't matter if you own a plumbing company, a flower shop, a sales team, like you have mm-hmm. to have a, a presence online. You've got to build a personal brand. People buy from people, right? And they're mm-hmm. buying you. They're not buying your product. So in a digital world, the quickest way to get your name out there is on social media. So, you know, tip number one is if you're not marketing yourself constantly on social media, you got to, right? Yeah. Um, you know, there uh, there's a saying, I can't remember who says it, but it's like the, the best dentist in town doesn't make the most money. The most known dentist in town makes the most money, right? 100%. Life's not all about making money, but that's what, that's what business is about. And you got to be known out there. And then with artificial intelligence, it is here. It is going to change things. And there's not much we can do to stop it. Uh, I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's going to be a good thing. I I like to live in the world of positivity. And I just want to learn as much as I can about artificial intelligence to learn how it can improve my life, improve my business. I feel that those that call it like, you know, they're like, oh, that's witchcraft or that's stupid. (laughs) You know, people with those minds. I hadn't heard the witchcraft one yet. That's okay. (laughs) I'm from the country, dog. So, Oh, that's right. That's right. (laughs) You know what I mean? Uh, These people are like, what? It can do what? Um, (laughs) But, you know, those people, those mindsets, they're going to get get left behind. Um, You know, you got to stay up on technology and artificial intelligence is one part of technology, but you got to stay up on tech and you got to build a personal brand on social media. Uh, I couldn't agree more. It's, it's basically building that personal brand has changed my whole business model to where I went from running my own sales teams to consulting on building sales teams, you know, and uh, there's not a day I don't get, get up and am like crazy excited to meet with a mm-hmm. client, to present them with something I've built for them or to do podcasts like this with you, you know, um, I never thought I would be able to live this, this life that I'm living now, you know, and it's not easy, right? That transition is, is not at all easy, but it, it started off really strong because I had built my brand over the last two years, 
and it was, mm -hmm. you know, the the sub point I would make on building your personal brand is don't make it about necessarily the sale of your product. Make it mm -hmm. about giving value. Make it about giving knowledge around the product. You know, and then and then those sales will come. They'll look at you as the authority around that product. And, and also they won't look at you as a taker constantly, you know, Hey, this is my product. This is my product. This is my product. You know, that's exhausting. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I like the cadence of, you know, a, a post about personal life, family, you know, personal growth post about the business in general, uh, general entrepreneurship, and then a post about maybe your specific product or what it does or the benefits of it, whatever the case is. Right. I think, uh, I think that can be huge, but the second part is massive too. I noticed, and I'm just guessing here, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but especially on your LinkedIn, I noticed that maybe that was AI <laughs> LinkedIn posts. Right, right now, almost a lot of it is. Um, yeah. I have a new social media manager that mm -hmm. is, he's kind of learning the ropes and, you know, I'm letting him learn the hard way because that's yeah. the only way to learn. Um, but yeah, essentially what we're doing is we're working on essentially building a chat GPT persona that right. can learn me. It can learn yeah. how I write. It can learn my personality type and essentially help help replicate. Right. What we're we started with trying to let chat GPT kind of do a lot of the work. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's not quite the technology is not quite there yet. You still have to do it. Um, you know, we've kind of, it's funny you say that because I just went to him last week and I was like, hey, no more. I'm going to write every post because I can tell it's artificial intelligence. Other people yeah. can tell it's AI. Well, okay, to be fair, you're the person you're speaking to probably can't. You know what I'm saying? I'm in, I'm in the groups with you. You know, we're talking about it all the time. I'm testing it out myself on different things, you know? And so, <laughs> That's a very trained eye versus, you know, someone in the general population probably wouldn't know. They would just say, hey, this sounds really smart and informative. And you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so people that know me, they're like, no, nah, he don't, he don't write that way. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you can't hardly get a text back from me. Uh, <laughs> I, I'll talk to you all day long on the phone. I love talking. I just, mm -hmm. I'm not a texter. I'm not a typer. Yeah. It'll take me an hour to write a Facebook post and I'm going to misspell every word. So. I do. I take a lot of pride in my writing now, you know, and my grammar, my punctuation is terrible. So that's what I use chat GPT for. I'll drop yes. the post in there and then I'll let it fix all that. And then I'll double check it. Uh, I've tried, I have, I've tried to create that persona and um, there's going to be some, like you said, it's going to have to mess up a few times. You know, you're going to have to give it some grace as you're going through it. Um, but right now we just use it for like comments and then, you know, podcast posts you know, the, the things that are very, you know, systematic, we'll use it for that. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'll comment in the groups and drop a podcast in the groups. You know, my VAs will use it for that. Uh, I know Ryan's utilizing it uh, in the production and the show notes and stuff like that. So that's going really well. But as far as my personal posts, like on Facebook and Instagram, we don't really, you know, the, that all comes from me and it just corrects grammar and punctuation, you know, which yeah. if you're putting out as much content as we are, like, as long as it's a mix of you and, you know, AI, I think it's going to be uh, a strong showing either way. Of course. So I would, I would agree with you a hundred percent when we're, when th these are the things that definitely need to happen in your business right now, if they're not happening already. Yeah. So like you said, it's not real hard to, to write your thoughts and get mm -hmm. your authentic thoughts out. 
-hmm. and then say, Hey, chat GPT, can you help me you know, structure <laughs> this a little better? Spell yeah. the words a little better. Uh, put the commas where they're supposed to go. Use yeah. the right there, there, you know, I didn't like, know you were supposed to use so many commas. <laughs> yeah, I don't use commas or periods or nothing. So, <laughs> Okay. So recently you, you've made the move into consulting. And this is more of the conversation we had when we connected. And what I love about it, 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 it was very much like, like it was for me. It was very organic. Like you had mm -hmm. people come to you and say, hey, I need help, right? And then the, the next person came and then, you know, I'll let you tell the story. Yeah, I mean, that's just essentially how it went. It started mm -hmm. out just, hey, can you help me with this? Let's hop on a Zoom call. Yeah, I'll help yeah. anybody. You know, I'll give my time away for free. I'll give my money away for free. That's just my personality. And I started to, well, a couple of things happened. For one, I started to realize like I'm giving too much time away and I yeah. owe, I owe this time to other people. Right. It's not just my time. And in order to give this, take this time away from one person or one organization, I got to start charging for this time. I just mm -hmm. can't give it away for free. Um, the other thing that happened was I had it in my mind that I'm really good at insurance, right? Mm -hmm. And because this is, this is what I did. And when I started to venture out, I started to help other people in other different businesses. And I realized that I wasn't good at insurance. I was good at business. I was good yeah. at sales. And I happened to be in insurance. And business and sales, it, it's universal. Like the, the same principles work in almost every single business. So all I did was take what I, the principles that I used to build my businesses, I would give those same principles to other people. And they started having tremendous success in their business, um, yeah. even had some successful uh, consult for equity deals, which are really nice because they couldn't they couldn't afford to pay me. But I was like, hey, we'll work out a deal. I'll help you you know, grow the company. And right. And I want to X percentage. And I realized, wow, that is a fantastic business model because yeah. it's, it's easy to sell. You don't you don't cost anything at all. And you're only yeah. charging them if you make them money. So it's a it's a win win. Right. And there's a lot more upside than me mm -hmm. charging you a thousand dollars for an hour. Yeah. Right. A lot more upside. So that opened my eyes to, okay, I didn't really have, I didn't really want to be a consultant. Right. Mm -hmm. Because I don't want to, I don't want to be on, you know, Zoom calls all day. Right. But I like business and I like growing businesses. So that's kind of where I got my step into consulting. And then it's kind of grown there. I mean, I still to this day, I have not posted on social media about my consulting business. Yeah. Um, it's all word of mouth. It's all organic. Um, mm -hmm. I just, I just let it come very naturally, find businesses that I align with. And then I, I give them, give them my time in exchange for, you know, money or services. And I love it. It's, it's very rewarding. No, I can imagine. Cause you know, if you're anything like me, I'm a bit of a starter. I love starting stuff. You know, even yeah. though I had the same business model for 13 years, like I got to start like campaigns within that model, you know, and I'm sure you got to sell different products, write new scripts, you know, create new systems and stuff like that. And so I love the, the, the starting, right. Mm -hmm. But I'm not a big finisher. I'll, I'll set up systems. I'll set up training and let somebody else finish it, you know? Yeah. And so uh, that's what I love about it too. Every time I get on a kickoff call with a, a client, it's like, we're starting something brand new, you know? And so it's a, it's, it's a lot of fun for sure. It's exciting. You got all the energy, you mm -hmm. know, and it's, you get to, you get to see a lot of growth, right. From a brand new business and it, you can, you can take them, you know, take them off the ground and it's, it's beautiful to see. Yeah. I was meeting with a, a, a family in, in, in Waco 
last week and they own a, a AC company. And uh, it, just like you said, like it's a, it's a consulting for equity deal. So they were like, you kind of made us an offer. We can't refuse, you know, like we don't lose. And the only way we pay anything is if we win. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's, that's about it. Yeah. But I mean, my upside is huge, you know, compared to, you know, one time 10 K or 25 K consulting fee, you know? Yep. And it's not that I'd rather have those deals. I got to pay the bills, you know, but when I see that, that business that I'm like, I know I can make a massive impact here. Then I'm mm -hmm. like, I, I'm going to jump in for equity on that because they're not going to get that anywhere else, you know, without mm -hmm. paying up front, you know, and then there's huge risk in that too. You know, it's just like marketing companies yeah. and stuff. You pay them up front. You don't know if they're going to deliver the leads or not. Right. Done so. that many times. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I'm, I'm really blessed that I broke out in insurance. So my mind works very much in residual income in mm -hmm. long-term outcomes and building relationships and slow money, which, you know, you say slow money and people are like, why do you like slow money? I love slow money, right? Mm -hmm. Cause fast money, easy come, easy go. Yeah. Uh, I want my money to come in slowly, but surely and, and increase and compound over time. So I took those principles of how I made money in my insurance business and I saw the power of residual income, right? I didn't get rich yeah. overnight. I got rich over time and kept growing my income. And so when, and then once I had residual income, I'm not desperate to make sales or to make money. And right. so that translates to a lot of success in all my other business ventures, because I can start a company that I don't need to make money. Right. Yeah. And when you have a company that you don't need it to make money, you have a lot more upward mobility. You have a lot more chance of success mm -hmm. because you're, you're detached from the sale, so to speak, you know, right. you don't, you don't need it as much. So it comes to you easier. Um, and I like to take those insurance, those principles of residual income that I learned through an insurance business. And I try to structure my business deals uh, that way. And it Makes gives sense. you, it gives people a easier to get in like a lower entry fee. Right. Mm -hmm. But with a longer, you know, payment plan or lo longer money in the future is, is typically how I like to kind of structure my deals. It's so funny. So much of what I teach on is what not to do because I've done a lot of what not to do. And uh, so my whole business model was the upfront commission before, you know what I'm saying? And so I may have sold, you know, 5,000, 6,000 customers in my lifetime with my organization, but I, I don't get paid a dollar of them now. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so just a testament to what you just said, couldn't agree with it more. You've got to create, even if you are, let's just say a door-to-door -door sales company, you've got to create a residual income, even though you're only making that upfront sale. I'd rather, at this point, I'd rather take a lower commission on the front end for the residual on the back end, especially if it's a service-based model, you know? Mm -hmm. And so couldn't agree more. So what's next for you and, and your family? What are you guys getting into right now? Um, are you starting a family? I, I can't remember. Uh, did we talk about kids at all? Uh, no kids that I know of. And that's just a joke, guys. <laughs> I'll say that. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm just playing no kids. Um, you know, lovely girlfriend, you know, definitely a future partner. Mm -hmm. um, we're still still building that and working on that. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we both do business. We're both entrepreneurs. So right now our key focus is growing our businesses, Stacking yeah. money, helping people. And when the family comes, the family comes, right? I, mm -hmm. you know, you know, my faith is coming back, but God's going to make me a father when he's ready to make me a father. And I can't wait for that day. But until then, I've got to prepare to be that man.
right? Because Mm -hmm. I don't have kids right now, but one day I will. And I want to be somebody that they can be proud of. And the more work I can do on myself, the more work I can do within my businesses between now and then, I feel like I'm setting myself up to be, to have that family, be a better, you know, parent um, and give my kids a, a chance of success. So, you know, family right now, but it's definitely in the future and in the plans. And it's a big reason. It's a big part of why I work so hard, why I do what I do mm-hmm. um, is because, yeah, I don't have kids right now, but I, I know I'm going to have kids. So it's like, yeah. you, you got to get ready now. Um, mm-hmm. Cause all my friends they had kids young and I saw them struggle and saw them not be able to chase their dreams. I saw, mm-hmm. you know, well, I got to have this salary job because I got mouths to feed mouse to feed, yeah. and I can't take any risk. And I said, well, now's the time I got to, I got to take a risk why I don't have kids um, mm-hmm. and, and get, you know, get out of that status quo, if you will. Um, that's just, that's the way my brain works. And it's kind of, kind of what I'm doing. I always had an extreme mindset when I was younger. I, I owner financed my current business when I was 23 and had just had my daughter. She was three months old and had only made 30 grand a year before that. <laughs> so my wife's like, don't do it. Like you're we crazy. Got, yeah, you're crazy, you know? And I just, I had no, I couldn't fathom failure. You know what I'm saying? I was Not just possible. the most optimistic dude ever. But, but there's so many things that like, I wish I had a lot more personal growth before I had kids, which I think is going to set you up really well when you do have kids. You know, you're going to be a phenomenal father because you've worked on yourself since you started your business to now, you know what I mean? And all that growth is going to serve you well as a parent. So um, again, what not to do. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's kind of how we learn as humans. And, mm-hmm. you know, I tell all of my people like that because they see me and they think, oh, you're successful and you're this and you're right. that. Right. And it's like, guys, you don't understand. You know, I used to be 265 pounds. I was overweight. I was mm-hmm. uh, ad- addicted to alcohol. I had terrible relationships. I didn't take care of myself. Mm-hmm. I ate terrible food. Mentally, I would just like just destroy myself and self-sabotage all the time, mm-hmm. right? I've had terrible credit. I've been, I've been to jail. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not proud to say that, but you know, I've, I've just done so many things that like, that's how I figured out what not to do. Like you said, mm-hmm. and you go, well, that hurt. I don't <laughs> want, I don't want to do that again. How do I avoid this pain I'm feeling now? Mm-hmm. And slowly but surely I just messed I messed things up so bad that I was able to fix things at the same time and it was through failure it was through adversity it was through falling on my face that I've gotten to where I'm at and you know nobody's nobody's immune to that nobody's special we're all just regular human beings out here Mm-hmm. Um, but if you, if you put one foot in front of the other, you, you know, work on yourself and you're constantly just working on improvement and your, your sales are pointed in the right direction, right? right. I, I might not be moving the right speed, but if I'm moving in the right direction, eventually I'm going to get to my destination. I'm going to get to my goal. So I finally got serious about life and said, where do I want to go? What do I want to accomplish? Who do I want to become? I got that vision locked in and I said, I'm going to go, right? I don't know what the road looks like. I don't know what it's going to be, 
I just know I'm not happy with where I'm at and I want to do something. I want to, I want to have a different experience. And if I want things to change, I've got to change. Right. And if I want mm-hmm. different results, I got to do different stuff. So I just started doing different stuff, believing in myself, working on myself, um, moving forward, taking a lot of risks. Like you said, um, that's one of my superpowers I believe is, you know, I, I, I will take a risk yeah. uh, and I believe it's going to work out and it doesn't always work out, but you know, if I take 10 risk and nine of them backfire, but one of them is an absolute home run, right? I'm going to end up mm-hmm. at a net positive. So as long as you don't over risk everything and you don't go crazy on the risk, you can right. take, take calculated risk and, you know, move up in life. And that's how I've done it. And then you don't have to take the losses so personally either. Cause you know, you got to plan for the wins, you know, and they cover mm-hmm. the losses, right? All right, brother, last question. This one's a little deeper. Um, what does legacy mean to you and what legacy do you want to leave behind? It's a great question. Um, you know, I think to me, legacy just means like, I guess for me, I don't want to be a person that just lived here on earth and passed away and that was it, right? I believe you get one shot, one one opportunity. Uh, yes, that's the Eminem reference. Uh, <laughs> But, you know, you get one life and we get to decide how we want to spend that life. We get to decide who we are, what we look like, how we dress, who we spend that time with, um, how we, you know, how we give back to others, our impact. And so I want to be a person that is very intentional. I want to be a person that I can honestly look back in my life and say, hey, I didn't just live my life for me. I lived it for other people. I gave it my all. I really, I left it all on the line. I left it all on the field, if you will. Mm-hmm. And I gave it my best. I might not be perfect. Nobody's perfect. I'm not Jesus Christ, but mm-hmm. I can say I went out there and I tried hard. Right. And then as far as leaving a legacy for others, obviously, you know, just like most people, um, I didn't grow up with having money or having, right. you know, great relationships or a lot of guidance. Um, and so, when you go through that, it's, it's a blessing because it does is harden you up and teaches you, you know, how to navigate this world. So I'm very thankful for the adversity I had when I was, when I was younger, mm-hmm. but obviously, even though I value that adversity, I don't want my kids to go through that. Uh, I think that's the normal right. thing. And, you know, Ed Milet talks about being the one, being the one for your family, being the one mm-hmm. person that is going to change that trajectory. And, you know, every family, every bloodline, somebody had to make a sacrifice to put that family ahead and get them ahead where they have family land. And you know what I mean? I didn't grow up with this stuff like that, but mm-hmm. they have family land and family money and your name actually means something. So, you know, for me, I think that, you know, I was already probably working on that, but I heard that message from Ed Milet and it really, it struck a chord in my heart. And I looked around and I said, who else is going to do it? I, I, I was like, nobody, yeah. nobody in my family is going to do this, but me. And it's up to me. I've got to make it happen or it's not going to happen. And I want to leave a legacy for, for my last name, for my bloodline. I want my family to be proud of me. Um, I want my ancestors to go, Hey, your great, 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 great grandfather was an amazing man, did some amazing things, helped a lot of people and passed this information down through our family where we were taught good information 
Yeah. Right. Because I'm sure most people were, I wasn't taught how to navigate this world or how to make money or how to, how to do a lot of things. And I had to learn the hard way. And I want to be able to pass that information down through my bloodline. Mm -hmm. So they can navigate this world a lot easier and a lot better because they know the rules of the game and financially, if you can leave a legacy that way as well, obviously that can help you. So to me, that's, that's what I'm here to do. Um, I wasn't here just to screw off or pay bills or work. I was here to make a difference. I'm here to make an impact and you get one life and you just go out there, you do the best you can to try to try to help other people and leave a legacy. I love it, brother. I appreciate you sharing that with us. I appreciate you coming on the show. I feel like this is a small piece. You know what I mean? You've just impacted a lot of people, a lot of listeners on this program right now. So just a small piece. And uh, I'm thankful that I got to be a part of that for sure. So I want to thank you for uh, coming on the show here. And if anybody wants to reach out, you know, maybe they're interested in coaching or consulting or uh, joining your team on the health insurance side, where can they do that at? Um, so easiest way to find me is just randallrutledge.com and it's Randall with one L R A N D A L. If you're watching the screen, my name's right there on the screen. Mm -hmm. Uh, but randallrutledge.com is probably the, the easiest way. And then on social media, Facebook is by far the platform that I'm most, um, I'm in, I'm on Facebook most often. So that's the best place to reach out to me there, whether it's a follow a DM, whatever it is. I mean, I generally love people. And if you, you know, were impacted by this, I would love to hear that, you yeah. know, as a, as a content creator. And I know, you know, this Doug, yeah. uh, sometimes you can put out content, 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 and nobody says anything. And then every few months you have somebody go, Hey, you changed my life. Right. Mm -hmm. And that gives me the motivation to keep going. So, yeah. you know, shoot me a DM, um, you know, connect with me any way you want to. I'd love to chat with you, but just randallrutlers.com is probably the best way to figure out, all the businesses that I do, how to get in contact with me. That's kind of my, my hub, um, if you will, where I kind of house everything. Awesome, brother. Well, I want to thank you again for coming on the show and uh, look forward to meeting you in person. <laughs> uh, absolutely, Doug. I, I sure appreciate it We're right here in each other's backyard. So yeah, uh, I'd love, love to. It. All right, brother, let's get building. All right, man. Appreciate it. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Building Great Sales Teams podcast. We really do appreciate it. As you know, we believe that great leaders build great teams. How do you become a great leader? You learn from the greats. Join us at the Million Dollar Mastermind put on by Ryan Stuman in Frisco, Texas, and learn everything that you need to learn to be that great leader. The link will be in the description below. As always, we ask that you like, share, and subscribe wherever you consume podcasts so you can stay up to date with the Building Great Sales Teams podcast. Let's get building.